Time for some nooners and the full slate of games. A lot of good ones in the noon window this week, so get on, get in there early and listen to those. And uh, we chronologically go through the whole slate. We'll have uh, our picks up on Twitter there. Uh, and CJ and me give our locks of the week um, at the back end of the program. So you guys know what to do if it's in the morning. Grab that coffee, Phil style. Enjoy some game day. And enjoy us and pick and pod. And if it's in the evening, grab that drink. Come on back because we're talking all things about week seven in the college football universe here on the porch. Time for some Shane O'Mac. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. CJ, uh, a successful Friday night, I believe, uh, for me at least personally, with with the herd uh, taking care of business, an eleven point favorite there, Trounced North Texas. So uh, good start to the week, man. Let's let's keep it rolling here, man. Big picture thoughts though, real quick, heading into this week, CJ. Who do you want to see something out of that we haven't seen something out of, or who do you want to who do you want to see prove it to you? This week, I guess there, you, guess you could kind of say there are their own separate categories, and you could probably have a team from each. Yeah, um, scrolling through, looking at it, I mean, there are there's some interesting ones. Um, Alabama for me is an interesting one. I want to see kind of their secondary been very suspect all year uh, playing a Mike Leach team that's going to chuck it all over the place. That one to me is an interesting one. I want to see how they respond defensively there. Um, and then that one to me is kind of, kind of an, an intriguing one. And then – But know, also they're responding off the loss too. I mean, and you don't see that often at Bama. So that's another uh, yeah. part of the equation for sure. Yeah, that, that's another part of it. And then for me, just the, the, the look here for Cincinnati, um, you didn't have the letdown against Temple. Now you're at home, uh, UCF coming in. Um, your heavy favorite should win. Do they keep the foot on the accelerator? Because I feel like they, I feel like they're still kind of in that spot where if they're not blowing teams out, that that's going to hurt them nationally. I don't think it should, but I think it could. Um, so I mean, if they, but if they go out and handle business, that's going to be continue to just handle business, beat people and, and let everything else play itself out. I got you, CJ. So it's like Cincinnati to you. It's almost like you just kind of want to see them continue to prove it to you on a week in week out basis. And if they can, then it gets interesting. And I think it's real interesting. We're, we're going to lead in with that. Um, and, here in just a minute, but I mean, man, I saw some people today saying if Cincinnati were undefeated, they could still miss the playoff. I don't know how that happens now with them being number three in the country, having the big 12 rep, I think behind them as well help. They beat Notre Dame. Uh, obviously it's important to see how Notre Dame continues to play. I think Notre Dame needs to continue to be good for them, but I think this Indiana team might be turning the corner. That might not be a bad, uh, might be another good win for them. If they continue to take business care, if they continue to take care of business the way they have been, CJ, I just think that is going to ensure them an opportunity, especially if SMU continues to play good football 
and maybe somebody else kind of sneaks in the back end there um, into the rankings, but probably won't happen. But at least in the end, it's probably going to be SMU that they're playing, or maybe Houston sneaks up and old Dana with the shocker visor gets them into the uh, into the conference championship game there against Cincy. Who knows? That could just be interesting to see. So I don't think we could discount this match. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I love Cincinnati. I mean, I, I want them in the playoff. I'm just worried if they end up with some some tight games that maybe shouldn't be. If that ultimately hurts them, because I got you got to remember, it's not the polls anymore. It's what the people in the room think, and that can be troublesome if you're not a Power Five school. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, my my two teams, CJ here. BYU going to Baylor off the loss. Can you match up physically with Baylor? Uh, also going on the road. How does BYU respond? I've kind of had my questions about BYU this year. Although the Arizona State win is very impressive, but other than that, you know, and and sometimes, you know, now they've got to they've got to also take care of business away from Provo in that great atmosphere there at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So I just I have my doubts about BYU and especially going down there to McLean Stadium on a Bravos River against the Bears, man. We've seen how good they are at home. Um, CJ, I really like your, your Bama one there. Um, but the one I'm going to go with is another night game in the SEC, and that's Ole Miss Tennessee. I'm real excited for that contest. Tennessee offensively really kind of coming together. Um, the Manning Bowl, I wish they were calling, calling the game on TV. Uh, missed opportunity by ESPN there. But oh, yeah, regardless, um, man, I'm interested to see how Corral and, and Ole Miss uh, kind of comes into this game. I mean, it's going to be points of plenty. I believe, CJ, and we'll get to that when we get to it, but the total in this game in the Ole Miss-Tennessee game down there, Rocky Top, is 82 points. That is your total. SEC fans roll over in their grave. Let's get to the nooner Saturday, CJ. Um, the first one on the schedule – I find to be very intriguing, ABC, UCF versus, and yes, I'm going to say this number, the number three ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. 5-0, and Luke Fickle squad, number three in the country. Holy Santa Claus shit. The, Bear, the Bearcats at the moment would be in the playoff representing the Big 12 for the Americans. Um, CJ, <laughs> give me some thoughts on that, buddy. Um, love to see Cincinnati getting love. Um, you know, they've, they've played well. Um, you know, we talked about elite defenses. They, they certainly fit into that category. Um, you know, offensively, um, Ritter has, you know, has that thing humming. I, I love everything Luke Fickle is doing with that program. Um, love their intensity, love everything they're about. Um, love the fact that you get the big win over Notre Dame and then you play at home against Temple and there's no letdown. Like, you came out and just blew the doors off of them. Um, which is exactly what you're supposed to do. So, I, I love everything about about this Cincinnati team. CJ, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. I think that's very intriguing and interesting to talk about kind of you know, how they looked in the in the bounce back to beating Notre Dame, how good they looked in Temple. Granted, Temple's not great, but still, you dominated a Division One team um, and and didn't really didn't really even leave much thought for tout. I mean, they absolutely wore them out. 
I, I'm going to go ahead and say this, though. I love Cincinnati. I think this UCF squad that's, you know, uh, going to be a Big 12 member as well here in a, about another couple of years, uh, they're, they're decent enough to where 21 is just a huge, and I mean huge number, and I'm taking the candy all day with the Golden Knights down there from Orlando. Yeah, I'm with you. I think 21 is a really big number. Um, Although we said the same thing last week about Temple, right? I mean, we both kind of felt like, well, 30 is too big, and then it's like – but I think there's a distinct difference between UCF and Temple regardless of quarterback situation because there is a little bit of a situation at UCF right now. Yeah. I, yeah, and I can completely understand where you're coming out on that. I mean, to me, though, if, if I had to, I would, <clears throat> you know – because I could see that being more like 17, maybe not 21. But then again, they come out <clears throat> like they have all year. I mean, that's that's going to be tough. Um, I love the love the total, the 57.5. I'm taking the over on that one um, just because Cincinnati's shown the ability to score a bunch of points. Um, but, yeah, I almost feel like that's a big number. Yeah, I mean, I feel like 21 is just – just a little too large as good as Cincinnati is I just don't feel like that's that's just too many that's just too many I think they have a bit of a they've been playing so well I think UCF's just good enough um to keep it close right I mean I feel like 21 is just again it's kind of mind-boggling to see that number at 21 although CJ I will tell you this I'm not necessarily sold on the over at 57 and a half I think UCF might kind of um, struggle offensively if Dylan Gabriel is not out there. I mean, he hasn't been out there for a while now. The keen kid of quarterbacks not not been as good. Um, UCF might kind of rise up, play a little D. Luke Fickle's fine sitting on the football um, in a game like that, especially versus Malzano. I think he's got a lot of respect for. I could easily see this game being like a Cincinnati 31 to like 17 type win, and you're not even close to that over. I really love the under in this game, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, and I can see where you're coming from on that. It's just, I, I feel like UCF can can get you about 17, and then I mean, like I said, and then I mean, it would put you in the over. They put you I, I, on that. Thing. I don't. Cincinnati. I don't think Cincinnati's going to score 37 against UCF's defense. That defense is is solid. Uh, CJ, they had a bad game against Louisville on the road. A weird Friday night game. They weren't atrocious against Boise. They really kind of turned it on in the second half in that game. I just I think UCF will play a little better defense to keep us on that to keep us on the underside there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I the more you say that, I, I could see see that being under because we all thought Cincinnati was an elite defensive team, and I think they still are. And when you have a quarterback like that going up against you, I just I like I like the Bearcats. Um, to play some good defense along with UCF to play some decent defense themselves and keep that total under well under, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I'm not so sure I would, I would mess with that one, but I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I could see maybe some of the defenses raising up here. Um, but I mean, it's getting to be that time of year where they're starting to be a little bit more, you know, kind of, they've seen some stuff. They're starting to learn again, some tendencies, and like you said, some defenses rise up. Um, CJ, speaking of a team that's risen up, Michigan State, number 10 in the country, hosting Indiana at noon on FS1. Uh, but the Spartans, 
Still on the road. I mean, last week against Rutgers, five and a half, right? This week against Indiana, four and a half. What are you thinking? Do you think the Hoosier daddies can get them um, before Michigan State kind of maybe looking ahead to that Michigan game? Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting look-ahead spot for them. Um, You know, honestly, because I I did have, you know, like Michigan State last week um, covering over Rutgers, this week, I, I'm tending to kind of lean Indiana's way um, simply just because Michigan State has not defensively shown me a ton to be confident in. Them. You know, they're 420 yards a game they're allowing. It, it almost kind of feels like the 6-0 smoke and mirrors a little. And this may be the game where Pinnock finally comes out and and is that guy that we saw last year. I'd agree with that, CJ. And also, I think it's interesting to note that with Indiana, has a team lost to three better teams in the country. I mean, they had the privilege of playing Iowa in their opener on the road. I mean, good – hello. I mean, <laughs> good luck. And then they had to go play Cincinnati at home and played them tight. And then they had to go on the road to Penn State. I mean, my gosh. Granted, they they didn't play great against Western Kentucky and survived a road trip there in the beat of Idaho. But, man, I think Indiana might be a lot better team than we're giving them credit for. And I think this might be a route the other way, CJ. I could see Penix, like you said, finally showing up. Peyton Hendershot at tight end as a pro. Granted, Michigan State's been playing great this year, and Thorne's been great. I'm excited to watch this one Saturday. I'm really going to be tuned in to see what Michigan State's about because if they win this, then I think, you know, wow, Michigan and Michigan State's going to be a big old game on Halloween. Um, And I think them having the bye before Michigan does help them, but you know they're already thinking about being undefeated heading into that Michigan game. Oh, yeah, I definitely think it's in their head. And, you know, Michigan State's been very bend but don't break defensively. Like I said, they're giving up over 400 yards a game, but they're only giving up you know, 19 points, points a game. So it's been very bend, don't break. And at some point we've seen historically at some point you're going to, at some point you're going to break and you're going to start giving up points to match that yardage. Yeah. And you know what else too? Ty, Ty Freifogel from uh, Indiana has, has not necessarily had the, the greatest season. And he's a guy a lot of people think is sensational. He could have a big game potentially against Michigan State. I think Indiana's due, C.J., to get a big win in a big way. Um, I think they have a lot to prove. And I think Allen and Allen being the way he kind of has that team under his pulse last year and how much they love to play for that guy, they're disappointed so far in this two and three start. But they had a bye week, ready to regroup. I think they look at this as a springboard for their Ohio State matchup next Saturday night. Uh, versus the Buckeyes, I think Indiana still believes in themselves a lot in this season. And uh, I think they're going to get the outright win. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, that, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, like I said, I'm leaning Indiana to cover, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I would take them on the outright, too. And, and, and CJ, the total in this game is 48 and a half. I, I'm not necessarily feeling strongly one way or the other. But I will say, if Indiana wins it, it's definitely going to be over that. Although, I'm just not – I don't know, man. I need to watch more of Michigan State. I mean, the Walker kid at running back has been phenomenal this season. Uh, Walker the third, 
you know, sounding like a Jedi. Peyton Thornton continues. Peyton Thornton continues to make plays. I mean, 14 touchdowns and two interceptions. He's averaging 10 yards per completion. He's, you know, has a rating, a quarterback rating of 173. I mean, he he's been so efficient uh, all season, and uh, it just makes me kind of wonder: Is Michigan State really good? And we've really been sleeping on them. It would just defy logic for them to be this good right now. Um, I do. I think I just go Indiana. I don't think you want to mess with the total because I think Indiana might have a great defensive game uh, coming Saturday. Let's get to another nooner there, CJ. Man, a lot of good games at noon. I feel like everyone wants to get games at noon now. It's kind of weird, but it's it's a trend that I like. Um, on Fox, Oklahoma State number twelve. The Pokes, Mike Gundy's crew, goes down to Austin D, to Daryl K. Royal Memorial there. Uh, Texas is a five-point favorite, CJ, ranked number 25 in the country. Who do you got in this one, man? I'm, I'm actually probably going to surprise you a little bit here. I like Oklahoma State. Um, hmm. Simply, and this is the reasoning, is Texas loses the way they did against Oklahoma, and I'm not so sure that doesn't have some kind of revisual effect. Lose a heartbreaker. Can you can Steve Sarkeesian get them locked back in and and get them to flush that one? He might be able to. It wouldn't surprise me if he does. But right now, I feel like Oklahoma State's just the better football team. You know that's interesting, CJ, because I, this game is just so hard for me to even really get a handle on because I, the way I look at it. I think Oklahoma State's good, right? But I'm not sure how good. But their defense has been really good at times this year. Um, but we know Texas has an explosive offense, right? So I think this will be a real kind of show-me game, prove-it-to-me game for both sides. If Oklahoma State defensively shows out and shows up, uh, wow, maybe the Pokes are a legit team here um, with the, with a really good defense and Spencer Sanders taking care of the football. And, uh, you know, no Chuba, but but Warren and, and Woods and those guys, you know, you have some balance back there. Um, yeah, although they, at the same time, man, Texas could prove it to you and, and really show that they're a great offensive squad. And uh, B. John Robinson continues his kind of uh, phenomenal season and maybe the Heisman campaign. Yeah, and that's the one thing, too, I think that's kind of interesting to look at is, is Oklahoma State's only given up 91 yards on the ground, um, you know, where Texas is, you know, running for 245. So this is going to be a very interesting matchup in that regard. It just – this feels to me like a spot where that Oklahoma game gets Texas twice. That's – it's interesting, CJ, um, that that you go that way because I think it's a possibility. But I also think that Texas might just kind of being at home really kind of get there and and be ready. They don't play again until – Halloween weekend, they have a bye. They put all their eggs in the basket. They they get this big win over Oklahoma State on Saturday at home. I don't necessarily love the five points. Um, and I don't necessarily love the total at 60 either, man. I mean, this one's a tricky one altogether. Probably would go ahead and go, if, I'm, if I had to, and go Texas. And I think you'd have to probably take the over. But, man, I wouldn't take either one of them. Oh yeah, it, it's definitely a, a stay away for me. But yeah, like I said, I, I just to me it feels like this is a, a, a very sneaky spot for Gundy to get the six and zero. Oh. 
I feel you, CJ. I could definitely see it. Um, another nooner there. We got Auburn and Arkansas. And man, let uh, back on Gundy real quick though for a second, CJ. Man, he's a man. He's forty, and he's maybe doing one of the best coaching jobs he's ever done this season. Letting that mullet flow. Um, if they were to beat Texas, CJ, uh, the next, the next probably best opportunity. I mean, Iowa State on the road and West Virginia on the road. They could come. They could come into Morgantown being a, a top ten to eight team, and it would be really interesting. Yeah, no, I mean they they could be, um, and I think right now. And Bedlam could be real fun at the end. Yeah, Bedlam could be could be fantastic at the end. And you got to think right now, you know, Big Twelve Coach of the Year is probably what Dave Miranda, Mike Gundy, and everybody else way behind. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any question. Although Lincoln Riley continues to win, it, true. Um, but they were kind of expected yeah. to to do that as well. So, but no, this just yeah, this just feels like a very. If you're Oklahoma State, you've set this up exactly where you want it to be. Now it's just can they go handle business? Absolutely. Um, now to the CBS game at noon there, CJ. Woo, pick suey. Woo, pick suey. Arkansas, 17th in the country, hosting Auburn. Uh, four and two squads, both of them. Arkansas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite here. I, I'll be honest. I don't know if I'm necessarily sold. Um, but the total at 54 is also one that I, I kind of want to go ahead and take, considering Arkansas just had a 103-point game. Um, although Auburn's defense is, is very stingy. There's no question. Georgia just kind of exposed them a little bit. Yeah, <clears throat> it's kind of interesting because I was looking here. I mean, that's the, the common opponent. You know, Georgia – just flat out outclassed Arkansas in every way in 37, well, way to a 37 nothing win, 34-10 for Georgia over Auburn. This one's kind of interesting because if you listen to Sam Pittman after the um, – I believe it was after the Georgia game, you know, told him, hey, guys, everything we want still in front of us. And that's still very true even after this one, right? Everything's still very much in front of them. But this is the one they've got to find a way to win. This is one you got to come out five and two. Because if you come out five and three, you've lost three straight. You mean you four know, and three, right? Well, yeah, you're going to beat Arkansas Pine Bluff, so you would be five and three. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's going to be a little bit of a difference in that than I think if you're, you know, six and two. So, I think if you're Arkansas, this one's a big one um, just to kind of get some momentum going back your way, um, you know, and keeping yourself – you know, really in the in the hunt there um, as far as a really good bowl game goes, um, you know. But I, I think defensively, I don't – Auburn's not going to put up 50 points. I, I don't necessarily foresee that. Um, but Auburn defensively can be kind of stingy. This one's going to be, be an interesting one here. And for Arkansas, you need somebody other than Jefferson offensively to really make a big play for you. Yeah, I think so, and and maybe that says a little bit more about what old old Miss's defense is not quite there yet. Uh, they're a fun team. Arkansas they would put up points. Auburn not going to be the same. Uh, not going to be the same deal for the Hogs there to be able to score like that uh, for sure. I think Bo Nick can make a play or two though. I'm not a thousand percent sure how good 
Arkansas's defense is really. Yeah, they shut down Texas and had a really good game there. So you got to give them a lot of credit for that, right? But I mean, Georgia kind of handled them, and, and Ole Miss definitely took it to them. I mean, I don't know. I, Auburn doesn't have the kind of offensive firepower that those teams have, but they have the ability to move the ball. I think Auburn wins this game outright, CJ. <clears throat> yeah, I'm kind of with you because I feel like maybe you know Arkansas's a little ahead of pace. Exactly. Uh, I, think, I think the Absolutely. Texas win. The Texas win was kind of the perfect storm, right? This is right. You know, Texas just came out and said we're coming to the SEC. That's a night. You know, the SEC wanted to kind of flex its muscles a little and show, oh, you want this? All right, come on, let's go. And so you get that at home. The crowd's fired up. Everybody's just worked up into a lather. You're feeling really good. You you curb stump Georgia Southern. Okay, you got a very wounded Texas A and A, Texas A and A, Texas A and M. Ooh, I don't know why that was so hard to get out. <laughs> yeah, well, you handled we'll this. You. you had a wounded Texas A and M. <laughs> yeah, and, and you felt really good, right? And you had done some good things. Then you go to Georgia, and it comes off quickly, which is which is fine. I mean, Georgia's going to do that to a lot of teams. To me, they're the most complete. I've been saying they're the number one team in the nation for six weeks now. So that's going to happen. That that game didn't surprise me. Now, Old Miss a little bit because I felt like, all right, now you got an opportunity to kind of reset, reload. But Old Miss offensively can really kind of put you in some tough positions. But if if you're Arkansas now, if you want to keep that momentum going, this is one I think you got to find a way to win. It's at, which I think helps after two road games. I, that crowd has an opportunity to be kind of fired up. I, I'm with you. I I understand where you're coming from on Auburn here, but if. If this game was being played in Auburn, I'd be with you. But give me Arkansas because it's at home. Probably not. I don't think they cover it. I'd take Auburn to cover it. But I, I think Arkansas finds a way to win it because it's at home. That's a tough one, CJ. I, I feel you. Um, not one that I'm too eager to get to get after, though. I will say that. <laughs> Although I do kind of if, – if you're kind of throwing together maybe a little money line dog parlay, you get real interesting with Oklahoma State, Auburn um, – in Indiana in that nooner slot, just saying. Uh, yeah. Another nooner, obviously, here. A couple SEC games featuring ranked teams um, versus programs that are 3-3 three and three and kind of struggling at home. First one is number 20, the Florida Gators, 4-2, uh, hosting – the number 20 ranked Florida Gators, 4-2, and two, are going down to Baton Rouge, C.J., uh, taking on LSU three and three, Pepper to Gumbo. What do you think? Are we frying up some Gator? I think the Gators are going to chomp on the Tigers here. Um, the third straight loss for Coach O. Uh, that that hot that that seat's going to start to get really kind of hot. Um, for him down there, they need to try and run the football. If they don't, they're never going to get any better right now. That's the key. Yeah, and um, I just Florida, Emory Jones um, has been playing very well. Um, little little turnover prone, but I feel like he's gotten a little bit better with that over the last couple of weeks. Now, granted, Vandy will do that for you. Um, you know, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you this right now. I think Florida might be the best team nobody's nobody is not talking about right now. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of weird. I think a lot of that is, is you didn't really expect a lot when you lose, you know, Kyle Pitts and, and Trask, right? 
those are two big weapons to, to lose. Um, but Dan Mullen's done a really good job um, in kind of coaching to his personnel, right? You had Trask a little more of a traditional drop-back thrower. Emery's, you know, more athletic, has legs, and he's kind of tailored the offense around him. So I think he deserves a lot of credit in that. And I think you might be right. I think Florida might be a really, a sneaky good team that nobody's really quite paying attention to yet. Yeah, because I think here's the thing we got to think about. This Kentucky team might be legit, CJ. Um, and we're going to find that out. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But I think Kentucky's really good, and that's one of your losses. And then your other loss, Florida, was to Bama by two. So you might be a really good team. And the fact is you did both of those things, um, you know, in subsequent weeks and you, and you shut down a Tennessee offense that's scoring at will, I think Florida might actually be a really good football team. And I kind of like him to, to take out LSU by more than that 11 and a half, honestly, uh, because LSU is definitely struggling right now. Uh, and I kind of like the under at 59 and a half. I think Florida will play some defense. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Cause I don't think it's going to get to 60. Uh, Florida defensively has been really good. Um, you know, and the amazing thing is, is we talked about you, you look at some of the guys Florida lost and they're still 500 yards a game offensively. Um, and I'm with you. I think Kentucky's Kentucky's legit good. Um, you know, and if you're Florida, I mean, those, those aren't two bad losses to have right now. LSU's really kind of reeling. I think if you're Dan Mullen in Florida, you got to go in there and handle business. I think they do, and I think they cover the 11 and a half. I, I, the only thing I will say, though, is LSU is pretty desperate right now. And a desperate team in down there, you know, on the bayou could be interesting. Maybe, uh, maybe LSU plus 11 and a half is kind of frisky. See if it gets even higher before kickoff. Um, but, uh, CJ, the other nooner there involving the ranked team in the SEC is uh, Texas AM coming off the big win, going to Missouri, uh, old fair off field there, and taking on the Tigers. Uh, A&M's a nine-point favorite. I kind of like it, but I don't want to touch it because nine just feels weird. And quite honestly, A&M's going to have a little bit of a hangover. Missouri can score enough points to maybe keep it competitive, although we really do like that Texas A&M defense. Yeah, I I, I like what Texas A&M's defense is about. Uh, Missouri's kind of funky. You know, they they can move the ball and they can score points, but the problem is, is they can't stop anybody from moving the ball and putting up points. Like literally, their their point per game differential right now is point three. I mean, it's it's insanity. Um, on that, I I don't know if I would touch this one on on the spread. I think A and M probably finds a way to win it just because I think they're the better team. But yeah, I don't know if I would take them at the at the nine. Yeah, it, it feels really really big. Um, CJ. Getting off of the SEC flavor, two big tenors real quick before we do get to that the big 330 game between Georgia and Kentucky that I want to talk about and, and get into a little detail in. Nebraska at Minnesota, um, and then Rutgers Northwestern. So first off there, uh, in, in the boat situation there, wrote a boat, Scotty Mago Gophers. They're three and two. Might not feel like it, but they are. And Scott Frost in Nebraska is three and four. Um Minnesota, you know, reeling off the loss to Poling Green at home. They do come back and get a win versus versus Perdon 2013. Not a great team, obviously. Um, but now they've had a little bit of time, a bye week to get ready for Nebraska. 
I think Minnesota is going to come out ready to play. I'm kind of surprised they're a four-point dog in this game versus Nebraska because Nebraska, while they played Michigan great, there's going to be a letdown off of that. And I just could see the Huskers blowing this game because they've been so close and now they didn't get it done against Michigan that beats them twice. They lost tight to Michigan State. They lost tight to Oklahoma. And it kind of goes the wrong way on them. And I could see that very easily. What are your thoughts on that one, CJ? Yeah, this one's definitely an interesting one. Um, And I like what you're kind of thinking there. But I'm still leaning Nebraska. I don't know to cover. I might buy that down a little. Um, Personally, off of the four. I mean, the Potts kid's pretty decent at running back. I just think Minnesota had a bad game against Bowling Green, and it's really killed their reputation. Um, And teams are – it's kind of do that. It happens. I think the Mac's a lot better than we thought it was, and they're still reeling off of a few injuries to Ibrahim. And and honestly, the Tanner Morgan situation, you know, hasn't been – it hasn't been as good uh, as they'd like it to be this season for sure. But – Man, they looked real good against Ohio State that opening night. I'm not ready to sell Minnesota yet. Yeah, I'm not necessarily selling Minnesota as much as I, I think Scott Frost is, is is getting this Nebraska thing close. You know, I mean, they played OU tough, um, a heartbreaker in overtime to Michigan State, you know, lose a tough one to Michigan. It just kind of feels like this is setting up. And if you're Scott Frost and you get They're this – due for a big win. Yeah, and get the four and four. All of a sudden, that fan base is starting to feel really good about where he's got this thing headed. Um, and you have a chance to kind of get home uh, and down the home stretch with a pretty decent record because you got Perdon. Yeah, the Ohio State game back at home, another chance for a big win. Wisconsin's not the same this year. And then another opportunity for a big home win versus Iowa. So, man, yeah, it's, and, you know, I'll tell you what, and, this and is going to be interesting. Yeah, and quiet and kind of quietly, Adrian Martinez is having a really good year. I mean, nineteen total touchdowns, only three picks. Um, you know, he's quietly putting in a pretty pretty good year. So, I, I, I tend just to lean the Cornhuskers here, just because I think they've been so close. You know, yeah, three or four. And man, that they and find C- a way to finally get one on their side of things. I, I agree, and CJ, man, when they're at home, that light show they put on before the fourth quarter with all the red. I don't know if you've seen that. Mm-hmm. In, in the it's phenomenal. Wow, well done out there with the children of the corn to see a red out there in Lincoln. And man, I mean, this is a big, big uh, month coming up for Scott Frost. I hope they continue to give him an opportunity, but man, he needs a big win here against Minnesota. Um, that's going to be a fun one to kind of to kind of peek in on for sure. Yeah, CJ, let's let's uh, the other one, Rutgers, Minnesota. North, excuse me, Rutgers and Northwestern. The other one, Rutgers and Northwestern, Big Ten Network at noon. Rutgers a two point favor on the road versus the Fighting Pat Fitzgeralds, the purple the Purple Cats uh, up north. I don't know if I buy that. I'm not eager to get after it at all. But I will tell you, CJ, something about the total at 44 and a half just feels really right to go under. Yeah, it, it, it kind of does. Um, this is one I would you know, absolutely stay away from um, with everything in me. Uh, but, yeah, that, that under does does feel like it's pretty, pretty right for the taking. All right, CJ, one-word answer. Yale 
goes to UConn. Do the Huskies get a victory? No. Give me Yale. <laughs> I love it. I think I agree with you. Um, CJ, final final game. And the only reason I say it is because it might be a pick that I end up taking. Uh, toss to South Florida on ESPNU at noon. I like the Golden Hurricanes minus eight and a half. I don't think South Florida is a very good team. And I like what I've seen out of Tulsa. Very scrappy bunch. Yeah, they got to go on the road, but I do I do really like them as compared to what I've seen out of South Florida. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, very much uh, kind of in favor of that one. Because uh, I just – I'm kind of with you. I don't really know what – yeah, I don't think South Florida's a real good uh, football team. Yeah, I guess time will tell. Um, yeah. I agree with you on that, CJ. I mean, we don't really know what we what we have in South Florida yet. I mean, they're they're definitely a developing squad, so I think it's fair to kind of be like curious about what what we what we have in South Florida. Um, man, and I know we want to get to that three thirty game, but another one, and the only reason I say it is because I'm again I like this one as well. Duke Virginia twelve thirty. The the El Bronco Mendo Mendenhall led Cavaliers are. A ten and a half point favorite at home against Duke, the Fighting Cutcliffs. I like Virginia, CJ. I'm not gonna lie. I've watched them a good bit this year. I've been on them in a, f- a few times. They've been pretty good to me. I'm gonna ride with them again. I like them to win that game by more than ten and a half. I would like it a lot more if it was ten and not ten and a half, but I still like it. Yeah, that may be one you buy that buy that a half point down a little bit. Because um, I mean, no, I- Armstrong is a phenomenal quarterback for Virginia. The defense is, is kind of improving. I mean, they had a great win against Louisville. They come, they have a, a big time, the win against Miami and the doink. I mean, they've, they've definitely continued to, to get better since those couple losses in uh, early September to UNC and Wake. I think Virginia is a team to watch out for in the ACC coming down the stretch, uh, especially if they get, get a couple wins here and then get Georgia Tech. Then BYU, who knows where they could be when they host Notre Dame. I think Brock and Mendenhall's got something kind of brewing there uh, in Charlottesville. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I've been impressed with this UVA squad. You talked about Armstrong. Uh, their big play wide receiver, the Wicks kid, has been phenomenal this year. Um, yeah, they, they are becoming a very, very interesting story in the Atlantic Coast Conference. One. Yeah, and, you know, when you talk about uh, that, that game with BYU also, CJ, for Virginia, I mean, the Bronco Mendenhall Bowl there could be real entertaining, especially if Virginia keeps up. And then who knows with BYU? You know, we've, we've kind of talked about it earlier there, how uh, they could be in for a rough one down there in Baylor, I think, potentially this weekend. But anyway, CJ, to the big one, the 330 game, game day, down there between the Hedges and Athens, the number one newly – Ranked number one dogs hosting Big Blue Nation, Kentucky, number 11. Almost a top 10 matchup. Man, what are your thoughts initially on this game? Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a big game. Um, you know, uh, Georgia wants to continue to, I think, to cement, you know, that they are the, the best team in the country. I think they're probably the most complete team personally. Uh, for UK, it's an opportunity to hey. show – Hey, CJ, though, I know you just said complete team right with Georgia, but here's one thing that I have to ask the question on, and that is if we don't get J- JT Daniels back, if I'm a Dogs fan, how confident am I in Stetson 
and Stetson Bennett being able to continue to win like this. Because the offense, while it's been good, we've seen that before. Our, should we be a little worried about that? I think we have to kind of be a little worried about that. Um, I think you are maybe a little. Um, I think the difference is is Bennett's a little bit better of an athlete. He's a little bit better with his legs. Um, oh, absolutely. But I mean, you know, it, so I think that adds that adds a little bit of an element. But I think their ability this year to really run the ball most it seems it will kind of kind of pulls you off that a little. Um, and I mean, with the way they play defense, and, and I'd be a little worried. But the last time he was in a matchup like this, you know, it was Arkansas, you know couple weeks back and they did absolutely everything they were supposed to do um and right but arkansas is not kentucky defensively kentucky defensively is actually pretty stout group cj so i think that's a little bit of a difference there in this game and i'll tell you this right now the 21 on the hook thank you it's up to 21 on the hook i'll take kentucky all day even leaving the big grocery store there where they've been coming off nice back-to-back wins over florida and lsu and right now that the Wildcats will cover that spread. They might they might lose it 24 to 3, but they will Yeah, I it just my UK's had two big wins. Both have been at home. I mean, this no disrespect to, to South Carolina, but I mean, the, the Do you think Kentucky's getting exposed tomorrow night or tomorrow I, afternoon? Yeah, I mean, the hedges? Sanford Stadium is just a completely different animal. Um, and with the way Georgia plays defensively right now, I just – I don't know. I mean, the way in which that, that defense talks and the way they walk and the way Kirby's talking and coaching them, and this team just feels like it is out to prove something massive this year. And I just – I it almost feels like that Arkansas game all over again, where there's a ton of hype and then it's going to be over quickly. Okay. Well, I mean, and I guess we could say a little bit of hype, but here's what I will say. I do think Kentucky defensively much stronger than Arkansas. And I I believe that uh, Kentucky has a little bit better ability to throw the football with Will Levis uh, behind center there, the transfer for Penn state than Arkansas does with K.J. Jefferson. I also think that finally allows Kentucky to be able to run the football a little bit with Chris Rodriguez, who's, I mean, feels like he's been there forever now in Lexington. I just think Kentucky offensively is a lot better than they've been given credit for. Um, and, and I don't know, C.J., I just get a feeling that while everyone's all on Georgia, and rightfully so, I think Kentucky's going to play that undercard uh, that, uh, I think Kentucky's going to play that underdog role very well. I think Mark Stoops is going to pull that card, and I think he's going to have his boys ready to fire up, fired up, and ready to go in there and, and give them a competitive football game. Um, and I definitely feel like, you know, the total in this at 44 and a half, I almost want to kind of bang a drum on it and take and hammer the, I think, the over, because I do think while both defenses are good, I just see this game being like at least. 28 to 17 type possibility. Yeah, and that's been the- I don't know though, CJ. Maybe not. Maybe I'm trying to talk myself into that score. And as I said it, I'm like, I don't love 28 to 17. Maybe I need to be definitely thinking the under. I don't know. Maybe something when you stay away. 
Yeah, see, and this one's tough for me because, like I said, I, I, I have been super impressed with Georgia all year. I mean, they haven't given up 17 all year. Um, you know, the most that they've given up uh, is 13 to, to South Carolina. But, hey, hey, CJ, question real quick. Would you not agree that, that uh, Levis's ability to throw the football probably the best quarterback they faced yet? Or do you think Bo Nix last week was enough of a sign to where it's like, mm, this Georgia defense, it doesn't matter really uh, who who's back there under center. But, I mean, if you think about it, like Jefferson, not a prolific passer. Vanderbilt, obviously not. Zeb Noland with South Carolina, eh. I mean, UAB, absolutely not going to have the most prolific quarterback. And then DJ Ugalai has not been great this year. So, like, have they faced that great quarterback yet? Uh, do you think Nix is better than Levis? I, I don't know. I, I think it's – it's tough. Um, I, he probably is maybe a little bit better than Knicks. Like, if you made me pick which one I'd rather have, I'd probably go with Levis. But it, it, this, we say that they're prolific in the passing game, but, I mean, they're, all, they're still under 200 yards passing a game. They're, they're running the football a ton, but you can't run the ball against Georgia. Like that is literally the one thing that they have not allowed. And it almost feels like they're going to come in. And if you, and if Kentucky can't run it, they get off script and off what they want to do so early, especially if Georgia, you know, let's say Georgia holds them to two, three and outs, puts 14 on the board real quick. Now, all of a sudden, if you're Kentucky, now you've got to come off script a little, especially if you can't run the ball. I mean, I'd agree with that, CJ. I guess the question, and, and it'll probably be the, the key for the game, and especially how it ends up being played, is how good's Kentucky's defense and how good's Georgia's offense. I think and those two things are going to kind of coincide together and we're going to find out. But, I mean, I think that's the one thing that might be holding Georgia back. Um, although, you know, they definitely have had their fair share uh, of points, you know, in a, a few of these games, but I'm not sure those defenses are worth anything. Kentucky defensively, pretty good ball club and and definitely good on that side of the ball. So, I mean, they're 11th in the country for a reason. I don't think Georgia steamrolls them at all, CJ. Um, give Mark Stoops and the boys a little bit of, a little bit of love. I think it'll be very, very tight, uh, at, especially for a while. Now, Georgia might pull away, but I think Kentucky's going to have the goods to hang, out, hang around for a while. Although I do get what you're saying, though. I mean, if Georgia gets up early, that definitely changes things. But also remember this when you talk about Kentucky not being, you know, saying prolific in the past game. I mean, they didn't have a quarterback at all prior to this year. So that changes things drastically from what you've had on film on Kentucky in the past. So just something to think about. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's just I don't know. This, this Georgia team has a very unique feel about it. Uh, and, and I think you're right about that. I just think 21 and a half is so, so big a number that I think we got to at least be curious and and willing and willing to kind of look at um, the possibility that Kentucky might be able to throw the football a, a little bit. Uh, and, and for them, if they can do it a little bit, that might actually be enough to, to give them a chance to hang around in that game. Um, CJ, and and I'll it. agree with you on that as long as it's they're not having to because they can't run the football. If they become extremely one-dimensional and they can't do anything play action, there's no threat of that run, that's where it can get really, really troublesome for them because Georgia can pin their ears back and their corners have shown an ability to, to take the ball away. I think that's fair. and I, I, So I think it is 
another, you know, another key matchup is how good Georgia's D-line. You know, it's probably pretty elite. Um, but Kentucky offensive line-wise, Kentucky offensive – the offensive line of Kentucky's been one that's been building, and it's a pretty good unit. I think they're the key to the game for Kentucky. If they can, if they can do a good job and not be totally dominated, hold their own in that game, I think that could be a huge difference in giving Kentucky an opportunity to compete. CJ, yeah. another team that dominates both lines of scrimmage, and they host a 330 game at Kinnick, the number – Two now, Iowa Hawkeyes hosting the Perdont. Yes, we said Perdont, Boilermakers. Uh, Iowa with an 11 and a half point spread there. They've got they've got the advantage as a favorite. And uh, the total's 43. CJ, I think this is a classic. Iowa literally just shuts Purdue down, and they win it rather easily. Yeah, I, I like Iowa in this one. I think they – you know, they'll, they'll take care of business. They'll handle, you know, per don't, um, who, uh, I mean, this will be by far probably the best defense they faced, um, without question. Um, I, I don't necessarily love the spread cause I could see Purdue potentially covering it. Um, but I love the under in this thing. I just don't see it getting to 43. I'm I'm with you, CJ. Like I mean, can I see Iowa winning twenty-one to ten? Because Purdue's defense is not actually a horrible unit, really. I mean, Oregon State's actually been playing good football. They beat them back in September. I mean, Notre Dame scored twenty-seven, but Notre Dame's not a terrible offense. And and we think Minnesota might be, and I and I say might be, turning the corner. Um, so and getting back to winning football. So, I mean, you know, Purdue defensively maybe not terrible. Maybe Iowa scores 28 themselves, 28-3, wouldn't shock me. But with 21-10 either, absolutely not. So, I'm with you on the 11-and-a-half. feels too big. I think they'll be able to run the ball with Goodson um, on, on, on the Purdue defense. Uh, but I will say this as well, and I think it's an important thing to kind of note, is that Purdue, if they cannot run the football at all, that's eventually going to cause them a lot of problems uh, Saturday because Iowa's defensive line is absolutely a bunch of dogs back there, and they're going to make him pay if that's if they're one-dimensional. Yeah, and and Purdue offensively has been very one-dimensional. Um, I mean, they're averaging almost 415 yards a game, but 325 of that's coming through the air. So um, Iowa's not exactly – that's not exactly what you want to be. Um, unless maybe you're Mike Leach, but yeah, I mean, if you're Purdue, you've got to find a way to to start running the ball. And, and, and <laughs> Saturday's not exactly going to be the day you get that right. Man, now, you're you're <laughs> on a pirate Mike Leach kick tonight here, uh, with the old, the well, old, the the old, the old talking about him. You you really kind of gearing up for that for that game in Starkville. We'll talk about here later. CJ sounds like yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you you talk air raid, and that's just kind of you know we're Big Twelve guys. That's kind of where my brain goes is to him and slinging it all over God's creation. Yeah. See, see, when I'm talking Purdue, I'm thinking the old Joe Tiller days with with Drew Brees and kind of their start of the fun and gun. Uh, hey man, but you know those you guys talked about this a bunch with me. Uh, you know, right there before quarantine days, man, it was all about watching some uh, old school Big Ten uh, highlight films there, like the championship season. So that's where I, how I remember Purdue, not as a Big 12 air raid school there, CJ. 
<laughs> but speaking of another Big 12 Air Raid school, BYU going to Baylor. The Bears are a five-point favorite. They are the unranked squad, 3.30 kick on ESPN. Uh, opportunity, and you know what they say, when unranked is spotting ranked at home, uh, probably a pretty good reason and idea to take the Bears minus the five against BYU. Yeah, and this one kind of caught me off guard a little. Um, you know, because, I mean, essentially what the wise guys are saying then is, is if you think about it, I mean, it could be almost kind of a toss-up because you kind of get three automatically for being at home. They get the additional two, and it's kind of like, okay, let's – all right, what's going on here? Um, and I think what that's – to me what that screams is is maybe BYU is maybe a little fraudulent. Um Team people are starting to see that the way the betting things are going, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's because it, if you look at their schedule, I mean, they beat Utah, but then you know Charlie Brewer leaves. It, you get the big win against Arizona. The, State. Yeah, the Arizona State win, CJ, is the one for me that like gives them some credence and validity. But it's early in the season, and they play. They beat them at home, you know. And Provo is a wild place, and, and that was a big game and a big atmosphere. They lay an egg against Boise. I mean, but Baylor, I think they just have a really good football team. Starting to maybe think that the more we watch them. Although, who knows? Maybe they don't. Maybe maybe West Virginia and Iowa State are frauds. But they handle both of them pretty easily. I think they're definitely a really good team in Waco. Um, and Jerry Bohannon might be coming on to his own at quarterback. And we saw enough of him. Uh to last a lifetime there last Saturday against the Mountaineers. Um, yeah. And, and, and man, yeah, Abraham and, Smith's coming on. And I mean, Thornton is a great player. Sneed's pretty good too. So they've definitely yeah. got a, a, an arsenal of guys offensively skill position wise there that make plays for him. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, that Thornton kid really impressed me. And after watching him, I, I would love to kind of, because we always talk about, you know, sometimes like who's the quickest guy. I'd love to put him in a foot race with a lot of the guys we would think would be the quickest guys in college football and see where he finishes because he's not going to finish probably below third. I mean, that guy is lightning quick. Um, yeah, he's got a different gear. There's no doubt about it. You know, and I, and I think the one thing, and you look at BYU and they're 5-1, and one, there's one win that kind of makes me scratch my head, and that's the win against UCF or USF. You gave up 27 points to a Bulls offense that is atrocious. What? And that was yeah. at home. Is is maybe that kind of lingering a little? I mean, Utah State's not a horrid football team. Boise State, I think, is probably better than maybe what we thought. Better but than what I, you thought. Okay, better than what you I better thought. remember what I told you last week about well, that. Well, you yeah. know, I'm sorry. I, I have trouble taking teams seriously that have blue fields. Sorry. I mean, hey, let the geese fly down there, buddy. You let know, them fly it, down. Them, Dive them bomb and, all them, they want. Them but I'm with you Washington, though. I don't love get it. Real, get get real fields, and then I'll consider you a real football program. But success sorry, does I, speak I, otherwise there for them. But I agree with you. True. Get a but, get a real field. But I think there is some love for this Baylor team that's five and one. Um, you know, maybe, maybe Iowa state is fraudulent, um, you know, but you know, Oklahoma state, I think is probably a lot better than maybe we thought. I just think um, Baylor, Baylor and, and BYU kind of play and can't play similar styles. And I think 
Baylor's just got a, maybe a higher quality of athlete doing it. Matt Rule didn't leave the covered bear there. They're, they're essentially a very uh, balanced football team, especially on offense. I mean, literally, you look at it, it's 233 in the air, 228.7 on the ground. Um, and, yeah, they, they are. I mean, they're extremely balanced. I mean, I do. I actually like Baylor to cover this, and I like the over at 51 and a half. I think I think the over there is a, is one that I'm I'm eyeing CJ, but I'm not sure about because I could see Baylor defensively playing a really good game against BYU and kind of and kind of locking them down a little bit because we've seen Baylor defensively this year really kind of put the screws on a few teams. Um, granted, I think you do have a good point there. If there's some mop up time, maybe BYU gets it done that way too. I'm just not sure either team's going to score a ton ton of points. Could see BYU really struggling offensively in this game because if you look at some of the games they played against teams with decent defenses or Division One caliber, I mean, twenty four against Arizona, not like they're amazing. I mean, twenty six against Utah, that's not lighting it up. Twenty seven against Arizona State, again, not lighting it up. So I mean, and then seventeen last week. So maybe I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things. I don't trust BYU as much offensively, and I think you could get to an under actually really quickly too in that one. Um, let's put it this way, though. If, if, if it comes down to a situation where BYU is in it close at the end, I could easily see them winning this football game because they do have that pedigree. And, man, I, CJ, I wish I could pronounce uh, Sultaki's name. It helped me there. Do you know it's – okay. We neither one can do it. Yeah, yeah. It's I, unfortunate. I'm not, yeah, I'm not even even going to attempt that. Well, I butchered it for both of us, so um, I'll, that'll be a homework assignment. I'll try and I'll try and get better with the pronunciation of. Whew, and you know what? I'm not even going to try and do it again. Um, <laughs> we may have to come up with a nickname for him, kind of like we did to his brother. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to briefly talk about this because I think it's a play that I will have. And that's Old Dominion at home against West Kentucky getting 13. I saw a lot out of Old Dominion there last week against Marshall. I think they might keep it close. They might not win, but I think they might get under that number, especially if it gets up to 14 uh, by Saturday. Um, CJ, the next contest there, 330 on ACC Network, and that's Miami. The U traveling to North Carolina, a three and three Tar Heel squad, two and three Miami. Not what we thought when this game was originally on the schedule. Um, on the ACC network, Tar Heels a seven and a half point favorite, CJ, and the total is 63. What are your thoughts down in your backyard? Oh, uh, yeah, this one's this one's interesting. Um, you know, Carolina's been very Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, that that I was trying to find a better analogy, but there really isn't one. I mean, you you get a big win against UVA, you know, you you win by twenty at home, and then at home against Georgia Tech, get absolutely slaughtered. You 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 were impressive against Duke. You handled business in a rivalry game, and then you lose to Florida State. It's like how I don't. <laughs> I, I really, truly can't get a grasp on this team. One week they look like they're a top-ten team, and the next week they don't look like they belong anywhere near the top hundred. 
I mean, it's, CJ, it's weird. Let me just say this. Let me just say this right now about about old North Carolina. When you lost to Florida State with the year they're having this year, uh, we um something's not quite right there. But I also think, and, and especially to lose at home, I mean that could be deflating. Um, oh man, I mean we're not hearing a lot of Sam Howe for Heisman. I know I was big one on the, the Tar Heels there early on in the year. Um, I mean, the can you have any real confidence in him with seven in the hook? Not really. Um, I mean, that's one I I would I, I would I would take North Carolina on the money line. I don't think I'd take them point wise. Um, I mean, I get it; it's at home, but still, that doesn't give me a ton of confidence. I can, um, I, I can see you saying like a parlay there, throwing on the money line with a few others. Um, but still, even then, I don't have a lot of confidence in that either. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have a ton of confidence in it either. I think I would, I, if I had to, I would take them simply just because I maybe trust them maybe more than I do Miami, which isn't saying a whole lot. Well, I will I mean, tell you one thing: I love the under in this game. I just don't think. They're going to get to that. I, just, I agree I with don't. you, CJ. I think Miami defensively will play pretty well, and I think North Carolina defensively will, especially with the Derek King situation, at quarterback for Miami being the way it is, and just kind of that whole state of that program is just very odd right now. Um, I don't think there's any other word really to use about it. I mean, they've just kind of been in a bad in a bad way. They haven't played uh, yet in the month of you know of October. Um, we need to see a lot out of Miami and quickly. Um, maybe the Canes will come out rejuvenated. I'm not sure I ever want to bet against them, um, especially here as a dog might be a real intriguing dog, especially if you could tease them. Because uh, I don't know if North Carolina beats them by like, you know, 14 even. Um, so might be maybe worth looking at Miami in a teaser situation. And I agree with you on that total and that under. I mean, feels like we'll be there easily. Another ACC matchup, CJ, 330. A little more intriguing, I think. ESPN2, an old Big East matchup. The Pitt Panthers go to Blacksburg to take on the Virginia Tech Hokies. Very, very interesting game here. Pitt on the road is a five-point favorite in Blacksburg, CJ. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's a little a little bit, to me, shocking. Um I mean, this pit team, you look at it and you go, oh, well, offensively they're putting up big numbers. But both of that came against New Hampshire, like, okay, big deal. You know, and you beat a, a not real good you know, Georgia Tech squad. You beat a UMass team that up until last week didn't have a win. And, and you lose to Western Michigan by three. Like, I – I'm not so sure Pitt's that good. I mean, we've seen that. <laughs> I mean, CJ, I, let's just go ahead and put it this way. I mean, they were calling for N- Narduzzi's job there after the loss to Western Michigan. Now, the win over Tennessee looking to be better and better each week, but still, I'm with you, man. New Hampshire, whatever. Georgia Tech still trying to find its footing. You lost to Western Michigan, and that's not good. Um, I kind of like Virginia Tech plus five at home. I think Fuentes knows this is a big game for him. Um, you know, now granted, coming off the loss to Notre Dame is tough, but I think Virginia Tech's actually still maybe a solid football team, and I expect for them at home 
to be able to take out Pitt. I mean, I think the only thing people are thinking in this game is Pitt's got this great offense, right, just based off the numbers. But when you go and, and kind of look at the schedule again, you kind of wonder, okay, like you said, MVT's played solid teams. Um, now, granted, they haven't looked great in a lot of games. You know, Richmond uh, and then Middle Tennessee, off, you know, and then also even really North Carolina offensively when you think about it, or West Virginia for that matter. But more battle-tested. And I think at home, being battle-tested, we know what that crowd can get like. And it's a big game for them. I'll take the Hokies plus the five all day. And yeah. honestly, that total at fifty six feels a little feels a little high. I think I would lean and under it as well. Yeah, I would too. And this is a big one too in the coastal standings. Um, you know, both Pitt and Tech are one and zero in conference play. Uh, this is an opportunity to really kind of put yourself in the driver's seat in that part of the conference for an opportunity to go to Charlotte. So this is a big one for both. I'm with you. I like the fact that Virginia Tech's definitely more battle tested um you know they, they've played at west virginia um and you could make the arguments that they they probably should have won that game i mean as a west virginia fan you could <laughs> legit make the argument i think we could all make the argument for that you know um yeah you stroke yeah i mean you only beat richmond by 11 but richmond's a very good you know um, FCS school. So hey, you can say but, Division One AA, CJ. It's okay. Yeah, I was started to, and I was like, wait, that's not right. But I grew up with that. So I mean, but I mean, Richmond's a solid program down there. Um, you know, and then the Fighting McShays, bless his soul. Yeah, and then you played Notre Dame tough, and you know who really knows what Notre Dame is right now. I guess we'll find out over the next couple of weeks. But you do have the big win at home against you know UNC. There to me, Virginia Tech is battle tested. And just the way that they can defensively kind of ramp it up at times. I, I'm with you. I, I like inner Sandman at home. Yeah, absolutely, CJ. I mean, I think at home, give me give me the gobblers. Um and man, I think Burmeister, you know, can make some plays, especially if, if Western Michigan and, and some of these guys have made some plays on this pit defense. I think Burmeister's got the ability to do that, especially at home. I'm a little shocked by this total. Or, um, it's not total. I'm a little shocked that it's a five-point hit favorite. But, hey, you know, maybe an opportunity for us to make some money for sure with the Hokies. That will probably be one of my eight picks, to be honest with you, buddy. Um, on, to the, uh, on to the next – uh, ball game there, CJ. We got a bunch of Mac games here, real quick. Anything, any of them stick out on your mind there? I... Turn closer to that. Um, you know, one of them involves Western Michigan Kent. I kind of think that game end up being a track meet. Um, both those schools put up some points in a hurry, so. That could be interesting. Bowling Green's a little bit better. You know, they're a nine-point dog against Northern Illinois. Maybe worth checking in on. When you got Toledo and Central Michigan, anything out of those Matt games catch your eye? Um, yeah, the – I was looking here to see. Um, the Central Michigan one caught me just a little, um, because you're looking at the standings, um, you know, for for the West there in the in the MAC, this is a big one for Central Michigan. If if they can find a, if they win this one, you get to two and one. 
and they still have Northern Illinois to play. I mean, so if you're Central Michigan, you're still very much alive in this thing. Hey, uh, I, Toledo, I think Toledo's Toledo the team to beat. Toledo would have some work, unfortunately, because, you know, they've already played Northern Illinois and lost. But I think if well, you're Central Michigan, you could put yourself in a control your kind of destiny place here. Well, I mean, yeah, I think you're right about that. But I also would say in the West Division, man, you got to realize, too, yeah, Northern's 2-0. and But I'm not sure that that team is fully back yet. Um and you got to think about that whole thing's topsy-turvy. Toledo's definitely still in it. Ball State's still in it. Western, who beat Pitts one and one. I mean, let's – Yeah, I mean, it is, a, it is a topsy-turvy, but if you're you know, if you're Central Michigan, you've got an opportunity to put yourself in a position to control your own destiny, which – As as the it, Toledo. Correct. Well, yeah. the, only, the only thing with Toledo is, I mean, they've already played Northern Illinois, so, I mean, you'd need a little bit of help right. there. But, um, a, but that's what I'm saying. True. But if you're after coming out of week seven, if you can say we've put ourselves in the driver's seat, we've put ourselves into control of our own destiny, or Toledo, hey, we've put ourselves in a position that's exactly where you want to be. Hey, CJ, uh, I 100% agree with that. And we're, we'll get into more action as the calendar turns to November. But um, I want to go ahead and mention this one just because I think it's kind of funny. Uh, an 0-5 Arizona against a 1-4 Colorado one of those like bottom 10 type games, uh, Colorado six point favorite on PAC 12 network. I will not watch a single snap of that. I doubt many will either. Um, uh, got no love for the fighting Reese Davis is in Colorado, huh? Uh, Reese Davis is, is a Alabama. thinking Chris Fowler, Chris Fowler. You're right. Sorry. The fighting Chris Fowler. You're right. Sorry. Hey, it is late CJ. So, well, you know, it is late. It's all good. I, I, I do like both of those guys. And yeah. They, 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 I confused them at times. Definitely okay. more of a Chris Fowler guy than I am a Reese Davis guy. Going to go ahead and put that out there right now. Um, the 330 game that I do kind of want to bring up real quickly, though, because I think it's a big showdown out there in the Mountain West, Fresno State, Wyoming. Um, Fresno, a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Uh, the fighting Wyoming Cowboys there, man – I kind of like them, to be honest with you. Um, you know, that's 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 OG Marty's secondary squad there, the brown and the brown and gold. Uh, ah, from your EA Sports NCAA football days, Wyoming, the Josh Allen thing there, man. So I'll tell you this right now: uh, they got a good quarterback in Mister Chambers and Voladay, not to be confused with Galladay, but Voladay, pretty phenomenal running back there, explosive. For Wyoming, I think they're being slept on a little bit there. Now, granted, we know how good um, Fresno, Fresno is offensively, especially against competition that they've kind of match up well with. But they struggled against Hawaii. Yeah, they beat UCLA, but they played Oregon tight too. We kind of thought Fresno was the best of the group of five, and they've kind of struggled since. What are your thoughts on this one, man? Yeah, I, I think this one's going to be an interesting one for the Mountain West. I know you're you're big on the on the Cowboys there of Wyoming. For me, I actually do like Fresno State in this game. Um, I don't three and a half seems kind of like a funky number for me a little. Um, I, we've seen Fresno play some some pretty good competition. You know, they they fought Oregon till the end. Uh, they beat UCLA. You know, uh, now granted they do go out to Hawaii and lose, but 
you know, going to Hawaii is always kind of funky. That's always kind of a weird place. Yeah, I mean, you, um, you don't get to go out there all the time. And so, yeah, you wonder and, how locked in sometimes the kids get because it's not, not for leisure, but for business. And that, that can be a problem. Um, yeah. The, the one thing about Wyoming that, that concerned me a little bit is you were in a dogfight with a UConn team that I'm not so sure could beat some of the high school teams up in that state. So, uh, you're right. But that was Mazzoni's first time getting to do a little bit of uh, scheming there for the Huskies, and I kind of joke about that. They literally pay him like $500 a week, and he doesn't even have to coach. He just literally sits in his ass at his house and writes game plans for him. Um, Wyoming wasn't quite ready for it, but they came back and won that game, CJ. Granted, you do make a good point there with that, and then they kind of lost their last contest there to Air Force 24-14, to so we'll see. Um, but Wyoming at home is a tough, tough out for sure. Yeah, and that loss to Air Force to me is not a bad loss. I mean, the Air Force is a is a quality, quality school and a quality yeah. team. So absolutely. And I will say this though, the under of fifty three and a half, I really do love that, and that'll probably be one of, one of my eight plays there, buddy, for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Couple four o'clock games, and I kind of want to ask him and put him in this in this phrase in this way: Would you rather? be Vandy going to South Carolina getting 18 or Kansas at home getting 18 and a half. Who do you think covers between Vandy on the road against South Carolina there at Williams Bryce stadium or the Jayhawks at home against Texas tech? What are you, what are you taking there? CJ? Uh, That's a tough one, isn't it? That is, um, Okay, I'll do it this way because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to pull a Zach and defer and kick and say, see, neither. Um, So I'll treat it as if a gun's to my head. I got to pick one. I got to get it right or my life ends. Well, don't put that much pressure on yourself. Well, because I so badly want to punt and say, see, I'm not taking either one. (laughs) But, (laughs) But for the purposes of the question, Guns up, give me the Raiders minus 18 and a half. Also, oh, you're so you're saying that South Carolina does would not cover. You're gonna go ahead and take okay, I, I got you. I'll yeah, say this right now because that, that, that matchup scares me, and it's just, it's Kansas, so it's and it's not basketball season, so yeah, they're probably gonna get their butts kicked. I'll go ahead and say this I have no reason to say Kansas in this thing, I really don't. I mean. They've been a dumpster fire. They have a 59, 52, 45, 49. Uh, they barely beat South Dakota. But I just had this weird inclination, and it's it's an extremely weird inclination, that they might just cover that spread. And you know what? I also think Vandy covers, too. Give me them both to cover 18 in the hook, C.J., I might throw that in on a parlay, and if it hits, you know I won't know you anymore. Yeah, if Kansas covers, they might rush the field again. <laughs> hey, if I hit that parlay, CJ, they will they will rush the field. Hitting <laughs> us um, after that. A look here, a six o'clock game. CJ Country say I want to mention it because they're six and zero. The Roadrunners of UTSA. 
A lot of people call them the best team in Conference USA. Hosting Rice, they seem to be a squad that seems to ruin dreams in that league a lot. Last year at Marshall, they've done it before. Sierra McCormick, though, is an absolute stud at running back there for UTSA, averaging 110 yards a game and a touchdown. Uh, the Roadrunners love saying that name. Beep, beep. Um, I, I think I'm going to take them in any situation they've got coming up. I think they should be ranked CJ. Uh, granted, you know, not an incredible schedule, but I will say this. You beat Illinois, and Illinois has beaten some Big Ten teams this year. You, you won a game versus a Conference USA team, you know, in, in your conference as well. You also won on the road against Memphis. I think that means a little bit of something. Now, granted, UNLV is not a juggernaut, and you want a tight one there against West Kentucky uh, last Saturday night. But, eh, we'll see. But why not rank them until they lose on the road probably to the fighting Austin Kendalls and Rustin here in, here in a week from now? Yeah, I, I like Give them some love, you know? Yeah, I like UTSA. Um, they're they're playing really well. Um, yeah, you know, and I understand Rice has, has killed some people. I would maybe tend to agree with you on that, but this thing's at you know at UTSA. Um, I think being at home um, gives them a little bit of gives them a little bit more um, than if they were having to go to Rice. I just I don't see Rice being that dream killer uh, this, this year. And I'll tell you this too. Man, old Frank the Tank, and I don't know if that's his real uh, nickname or not, CJ, but we're dubbing him that. Frank the Tank Harris, nobody cheeses like him in his profile picture on ESPN. I will tell you that right now. Oh, no, it, it's fantastic. Oh, you got you, you got to check that out. Um, oh, I'm looking at it right now. It's fantastic. It's Yeah, I, we, everyone, check that out. He did throw for six touchdowns last week against Western Kentucky, a game where they had to throw the football. And so – I mean, I think they got some versatility on offense. I'm real excited for them. I hope they absolutely blow Rice off the field. Um, I'm going to take them minus 17. And I'll also say this, CJ, if they win that, man, you got to get them in. You got to get them ranked. You got to. Um, moving on to some night games, I'm also going to run on this one real quick here before we get to ones we'll discuss a little more. Your boys in Liberty, CJ, against UNL Monroe, the fighting Rhett Rodriguez is, although not right now because of, you know, what happened to him and T's and P's for Rhett. Hopefully everything will go right um, for him. But Rich is calling plays against your uh, against your Liberty Flames there, buddy. Uh, 32 in the hook. I think that's a big number, but what, what would you lean there? Yeah, it is. It's a huge number. Um, th- this is one you will not find on my parlay, even though I'm a Liberty dude. Um you know, oddly enough, they're five and one on the year. They're five and one against the spread too. The one loss, obviously, being Syracuse. Um, I, I love Liberty to win this game. I just don't know if it's by thirty-three. That's, that's, that's a <laughs> huge. That's absolutely huge, absurd. I might just land with the Warhawks there, just because that's just a lot of candy to take. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's that's a ton of candy. I mean, Malik Phillips is a stud, and he might be able to pull this off on his own. But still, that's that's a crazy number. I mean, and if you lose if you lose fifty one to, you know, twenty, I mean, you're going to be pretty disappointed. Um, and twenty might be the highest 
Oh, no, no, no. They have a 29-pointer. Never mind. Yeah, I, I could see, you know, Monroe sneaking in the back door there, uh, oh, especially, yeah, if, especially if you set it at, at 33 points. Um, yeah. CJ, getting, getting into some more of these uh, night games, Another one real quick there, Colorado State, New Mexico, an 11-and-a-half point favorite on the road for Colorado State. I know you've watched them a little bit there of late. Do you like what you've seen out of them? I kind of think 11-and-a-half is a good number. I'd like to maybe get it a little lower, but I really like that defense, and I honestly love the total in this game at 45 to go over. Yeah, uh, Colorado Colorado State's kind of an interesting one. I mean, they're – They're moving the ball, but then they can't stop anybody. But it feels like they might, you know, against you know San Jose State, feels like they might have started to kind of get that figured out a little bit. Um, I mean, they've played some good teams. I mean, think about it. You know, an SEC squad, yeah, that's Vandy, but but you lost a three point game, a tight one. Um, you beat Toledo, which people think is pretty good. You beat San Jose State. Um, and you lost a tight one to Iowa on the road. I mean, you played them tight. You, you did well. You also won a game at Toledo. Now, granted, you laid an egg in your opener. But I think Colorado State's a squad to be reckoned with. Love, love the quarterback there in Tots and Trino. Um, yeah, and a lot of those yardage they had. A lot of, yeah, and a lot of the yardage they gave up was in that first one. And it, San Diego State, you know, another – That was not – that, Was that San Diego State or was that South Dakota State? Or South Dakota State, sorry. Big um, difference there. Yeah, but South Dakota State is a very, very, very good um, ball club down there in, in the FCS level. Four and one, uh, just finally lost last week in overtime to Southern Illinois. The old Salukis got. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, so South Dakota State's not one that you look at and go, "Well, how did you lose that one?" Because there's been some teams that have lost to them. So, um, you know, but I think defensively they're they're starting to kind of get it figured out here a little bit. And, and it works out, I think, really well for them because New Mexico offensively has been kind of anemic, um, to, to put it nicely. Um, so, no, I, I do. I, I like Colorado State. I'd buy that down a little bit, maybe to nine and a half or ten. Yeah, I was thinking probably around ten, um, buy that down a little bit. But, yeah, I definitely do like Colorado State. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you, CJ. Buying it down to 10 for sure, if you possibly can. Maybe it gets there on its own. Uh, who knows, though? Probably not likely. You probably have to buy it down yourself. Always hurts the buy down, but maybe insurance policy is worth it, right? Um, yeah. 7.30 kick there. TCU, Oklahoma, the Sooners number four in the country, 13.5-point favorite. Spencer Rattler is seemingly out the door. Um it's probably going to be our boy, Mr. Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, the OU stuff at practice was phenomenal with the student journalists, like t- kind of putting some binoculars down there to try and see. Rattler wasn't there Monday. Some turmoil, but yet they maybe no turmoil at all. Just a guy who's very disgruntled. And now we got a guy who's really bought in and, and maybe is the leader of the team after the, the comeback win against Texas. What are your thoughts, CJ? Do we like the Sooners to cover this game Saturday? Just riding high off the momentum. Yeah, see, this is a tough one for me because I because all this turmoil and drama can go one of two ways, right? It can either galvanize your football team and they come out and they play like the OU we've kind of been waiting on, or it's detrimental and things start folding in on themselves. I and I don't really know what to make of it. Um, you know, I 
I'm not a fan of Lincoln Riley. I've always thought the guy was a little bit of an ass. Now he's just kind of confirming it. Like, you ban the media because they did their job. You won't answer the questions. They show up at practice. They and the man can't cook brisket, CJ. Damn it. That's no, important, he, too. No, okay? no, he can't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if necessarily, like, if it was maybe a different squad than TCU, maybe I'd think, okay, the turmoil is not going to be good. Man. But I don't think TCU's quite that good is or is good enough to to capitalize on it. I'm I'm kind of with you, CJ, but I will say this. Does this not maybe feel like the classic Gary Patterson gets them riled up game and they find a way to win and then TCU somehow sitting there at four and two. They're starting to score some points. At least they did against Texas Tech. They gave Texas a good showing. SMU's a good team and that loss isn't as bad as I think people think it is. Um, TCU, man, I don't believe in him. I'm not sold on Doug and a quarterback, to be quite honest with you, at all. Um, but he's had a good year to this point. Um, you know, nine touchdowns to two interceptions. I think that's pretty solid in, in some respects. Uh, now, granted, he's only averaging about 200 yards a game um, through the air. But I, I don't know, man. I kind of like TCU to cover in this game. Um, because I think maybe there's a little bit of film on Williams now, and Patterson will have a, a read on it. Although Oklahoma defensively, at least against the run, been pretty stout, and that's what, what TCU kind of builds everything off of. And they've been really good at it this year, too. Yeah, they have been. You know, Zach, Zach Evans is a, is a very, very good back. Um, he's only a sophomore. Um, now, the, now, the thing is, is he is still kind of listed as questionable. That's more that obviously probably going to be a game time decision for them. Um, you know, but if OU can make them one dimensional uh, and, and force them to beat them in the air, I think that's going to make it very, very tough. Um, you know, Oklahoma's defensive line um, is probably, if not the best, one of the best in the country. Um, their secondary can be opportunistic. Um, so I just – I think maybe Patterson gets his his Horn Frogs riled up and they rise to the occasion. I think they might cover that spread. I don't know if they're going to get blown out, but I don't know if it's going to be one of those where you – where, you know, at 1030 you're like, wow, TCU just kind of shocked the Big 12 world. I, that I don't see. Yeah. I mean, you know, in Oklahoma, it kind of gives me that feel of Florida State from a few years back, right? Even though they weren't the defending national champs, they were defending, you know, a team that people defending Big 12 champs, at least put it that way. And they just keep kind of winning. They're not really playing great, but they just keep winning. They fell asleep at the wheel. They barely beat Nebraska. They survive West Virginia. They hold off Kansas State. They come back against Texas. I mean, what's next for this team? Um, you know, yeah, where it's like they're not winning pretty, but they're still winning. They're finding a way every week, and it's kind of it gets to the point where it's kind of like, so if they continue to rattle this off, they'll beat Kansas for sure. Um, Texas Tech at home, they would get into November with a game at Baylor, Iowa State, and then the big one at Bedlam. With them being nine and zero, maybe people being like, mm, we're still not one hundred percent sold on or know what the heck Oklahoma really is this season. Yeah, I mean, and they, they could, and I think that Florida State comparison with Jameis is is a good one, where you're just like, okay, they should be. What happened this, here? But they're still but, winning. But but they're still undefeated. Nobody's knocked them off yet. Like every, there's been a couple of teams that have been close, but they couldn't finish the job. What 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 what's going on here? I I, I like that comparison because that's that's the feel. 
Yeah, and, but you know what, though, too, CJ? It also – you get that comparison because you do find ways to continue to win the games. And that's the big thing, I think, that this Oklahoma team uh, has going for it. They just find a way. And I think they'll, again, probably find a way against TCU. Although this does, like I said, kind of feel like a classic Patterson spot, potentially. If it was in Fort Worth, I think you're right. Maybe more of a chance, but not being there probably in the end. Um the Sooners find a way to get it done. Another 7.30 kick there, CJ. Kind of want to talk about this one here as well in the Big 12 Conference. Iowa State goes into Little Manhattan, taking on the Purple Cats there. Both squads 3-2 and two on ESPN2. Iowa State's a six-and-a-half-point road favorite. What do you think, man? If Thompson's out there, I kind of feel differently. But with Howard... I love Iowa State, minus six and a half. Although last time I took Iowa State in the spot on the road was Baylor and they lost, so maybe I should be more careful here. But give me the clones, minus six and a half, CJ, for sure. I'm going to go ahead and put that in as one of my eight right now. Yeah, this one's a tough one for me. Um, with it being in Manhattan, um, you know, Kansas State's – I mean, they're coming off back-to-back losses um, against, you know, probably the two best teams, two of the two of the best teams in the conference in Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Um, you know, and that Stanford State's, win looks pretty good right now. Yeah, the Stanford win does look pretty good, and, and I mean, honestly, Nevada's, so does Nevada. Yeah, I mean, Nevada's a quality win. You know, Iowa State's been very kind of North Carolina, right? A little Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, the loss to Iowa, I don't think you're anybody's really. See, I, I'm going right to disagree now. with that, CJ. I'm going to disagree slightly with that. I, I kind of think Iowa State, granted, I, I get the Jekyll High maybe to some extent because Northern Iowa, but that's just what happens with Iowa State. Every year they play them early in the season and it, they find a way to win in a game that's way too close early on. But then the Iowa game, right? I mean, Iowa's number two in the country, so losing that, whatever. And then Baylor, I mean, Baylor, we've seen, is pretty good. And if they win against BYU on Saturday, Baylor's going to be back up into the top 20 to 15 range for sure. And so that loss doesn't look bad. They've taken care of business um, in games they should have taken care of business in. I think it's a sign of a good team. And I think Iowa State and Brock Purdy and, and you know, Brees, Brees Hall kind of coming on, I think they're due for this game. If, if Howard wasn't that quarterback and it was Thompson, I'd probably maybe give Kansas State a much better chance. But without him, I think you got to go clones big here. I think the line's way off. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. The only thing that concerns the, the one the one reason I really pause on Iowa State is you, you look at their two losses and turnovers. Well, it's been turnovers, but Brock Purdy's been I, I don't even hey, know if I'd call it average. I mean, potentially two of the best defenses. In the conference and in, in the nation, CJ, that, that they've lost those games to um, in Iowa and Baylor. Baylor's defense, I think, is pretty legit. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not because I do think Baylor defensively is is a very, very good squad. I mean, Dave Moran, obviously, that's the side of the ball he comes from. But, you know, there was conversations at the beginning of the year. You know, Brock Purdy, it wasn't crazy to put him in the Heisman conversation, right? Dark horse, but it wasn't crazy to put him in it, and he hasn't quite lived up to that. Like I said, the last last year and then this year, there have been things from him I've seen that 
I didn't expect. Like I expected him to take steps forward and really at this point be in the conversation for probably top three quarterbacks in the class as far as the NFL is concerned, and those steps haven't occurred. That's probably fair to say, and I think part partly because he doesn't throw it as often. Um, sometimes you don't connect on every every play. Some things go down. I kind of agree with you, though. Purdy hasn't been – the progression hasn't been as high as you maybe would have thought it could have been when he was kind of took the world by storm there as a freshman. Um yeah, and then you saw the step as a sophomore. Like you're like, man, the trajectory for this kid, the ceiling is so high. I mean, and then it's it's kind of settled itself back down. Now I'm not saying his ceiling can't still be high, but it's I don't know if it's steam or what's going. And it's still, yeah, they have lost the talent on the I, on the wide receiver end of things. Well, and tight end for that matter too. So I, you know, I, I, you know, I could see kind of that, but I mean, this is going to be one of those where. He's going to have to show up, boy. This is a big game. This is a big moment. Don't don't shrink to the moment. Absolutely, CJ. Um, another 7-30 game. Number 22, North Carolina State. Don't turn your back on the Wolf Pack. Going up to Chestnut Hill to take on Boston College. Both squads 4-1. and one. NC State a three-point road favorite. Um in the totals 51 I'm very in, interested in this game CJ because I think it's got a little bit of value um with a underplay here I think both teams defensively are very good and I think that we don't see this game get get up into the mid-20s I don't think yeah this one's kind of a really interesting matchup um you know, boy, or Boston College is is a very quiet four and one. Um, the one loss being at Clemson. Um, the wins aren't amazing, but you did beat Missouri in overtime. Give them credit for that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, correct. The wins aren't, aren't, the wins aren't amazing, and and so maybe that's a little bit of ooh, how good is this offensive offense really? But both offenses to this point in the season have played well, and the defenses have. So this is going to be. Two statistically good offenses going up against two statistically good defenses. Who wins? I'm with you. Um, I love the under in this. I like North Carolina State to win. I don't know if I'd pick them to cover. Because I feel like three is right and you're ending up with a push. Yeah, I can hear you there on that, CJ. I, I really love the under. I mean, I, now, granted – uh, Devin Leary, at quarterback, has been very, very good for NC State. And maybe that's the difference because of the, the injuries at BC at, at the quarterback position in particular. Um, that, could, that could be a little bit of an issue, and that might be a reason why to take NC State. But I will say this right now. Uh, NC State had a very comparable game to BC, both games with Clemson. NC State had them at home. Clemson had to do it on the road. This game is in, in Chestnut Hill. And we know that's a tough place for road teams to play at night. It could be could be a really good crowd. I could see BC pulling off this win uh, for sure, CJ. Uh, another 7.30 kick, and I just want to touch on this real briefly. Uh, Stanford-Washington State, a one-point favorite for Stanford on the road. Both teams have had a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, the total at 52.5 seems kind of interesting to me, CJ, in that I think both both teams offensively haven't been great this year, and I think both defenses have been pretty pretty stout. Um, 
I love the under in that game. I think Washington State will kind of get shut down a little bit there defensively by Stanford. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is kind of an interesting one. I, I feel like Stanford might be a little bit better of a team. Um, I feel like they've probably played a little bit better competition-wise. Um, you know, they've had three straight games where they've played ranked opponents, uh, UCLA, Oregon, and Arizona State. Um, you know, uh, it was, you know, I mean, they gave UCLA a pretty pretty good fight. You beat Oregon in overtime. Um you know, Arizona State handled them fairly well. You know, they do have the win over uh, Southern Cal. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I, I like Stanford in this game. And I'm with you. The, the, the totals kind of, kind of funky. I feel like the total, like I feel like I want to go under on that, but I could also see it. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely, um, I. I'm with you on that, CJ. I could definitely see that total getting over because it does kind of maybe have that feel, maybe some late tackle and touchdowns even from Washington State to make it look a little bit closer potentially if Stanford kind of got on it, sat on it, which they could. Um, and them at minus one is essentially putting them on the money line. So I mean, Yeah, and I, and I kind of like that. They're right. I mean, I know they're going up to Pullman, the Palouse, and that could be really a very tricky trip, but I think Stanford defense in a running game typically travels pretty well. Um, and so I like them to definitely be able to go pull that off there against Washington State at their Martin Stadium. Um, yeah, here- and, and, and real quick, just a real interesting thing to keep a note on a week and re- we'll really can really talk on it as, as the season progresses. But let's also not shy away from the fact that David Shaw's name has come up for an NFL gig again. Does, intriguing. Is yeah. this finally the time? Well, is this finally the time and how much of that, you know, because sometimes you get that swirling around a program, it, it can affect things sort of, especially if maybe he's leaning and going. So kind of an interesting thing just to kind of keep your head circled around as we get later into the year. Definitely. But also David Shaw probably wants to continue to keep winning if an NFL team is looking at him. I think that probably behoove him, right? Um yeah. So, 8 o'clock, CJ, Army, Wisconsin. Badgers are a 14-point favorite at home. I'll be quite honest with you. I like Army on principle because I don't think Wisconsin's played great all year. Now, granted, that system against Wisconsin's defense could be very interesting. But I like what I've seen of Army. And, you know, it's a very similar team to what we saw last year against West Virginia in the bowl game. Really, really like the quarterback, uh, Christian Anderson, how he runs that offense out of the Bronx, man. Tough kid. I'm not sure I love Wisconsin uh, this year at all. I mean, two and three, although granted, Wisconsin's played some of the best teams in the country, and they got back on track against Illinois, so maybe a little hard on them. Uh, but I, for some odd reason, I feel like Wisconsin wins this game like 24 to 14, not by 14. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I, I like – uh, Army to cover because 14 is a really big number. And CJ, I didn't even mean to do it. Hadn't even looked at the total yet. The total's 38 in the hook with my 24 to 14 game. Just saying. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a low scoring. Um, you know, I know Michigan's run defense has been extraordinary. Um, but this, talking this Wisconsin trip, or Wisconsin, but I mean, this triple offense will test you. Um, 
in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, this I is going to be a limited possession game for sure, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I do. I'm with you. I like Army to cover that. But Wisconsin probably does find a way to, to win it out. Yeah, but, I mean, it wouldn't shock me one bit if Army found a way to win that football game at all. But a night game at Camp Randall, really kind of an intriguing sight to see. Who knows? The Black Knights could pull it off. I think they've got a really good team. Um, we'll get to the 8:30 game over at Husky Stadium in Seattle. Man, Washington struggled this year. They're two and three. They're one and a half point favorite against the boys in the Sissy Blue from UCLA, uh, who is that are now four and two. I like UCLA in this game, CJ. Washington has shown me nothing to this point. That makes me want to go ahead and take them here. But what do the guys know out there in the desert that we don't know um, to make them go ahead and say Washington minus one in the hook? Yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's almost <clears throat> like they're feeling like it's a pick em game. But I, I don't agree. I think UCLA's got the offensive prowess. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like UCLA in this one. Um, you know, Thompson Robinson, uh, they're the quarterback here at UCLA, has been phenomenal this year. I, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what they know that the rest of us may not know, but yeah, I'm with you. Washington has not shown me anything to give them any kind of reasonable. Yeah, they, 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 they can find a way to pull this out at home. Yeah, I mean, it's just odd. Uh, to be honest, with you, I mean, I know Washington has good recruits. The total's 55. I mean, they've been in some tight games, but, man, they struggle to stop the run. And I think DTR, that dual threat ability, will be able to run the football on him, and then he'll throw it on him too. And I don't think that they're going to run the football very well in UCLA. Chips boys on defense are pretty daggone good. And I think at that point in time, you know, they've got to throw it all day. Eventually, UCLA gets back home and gets this thing – Done, but I do think this CJ, I think that total at 55 is almost spot on, and I wouldn't want to look at it and, and get get involved at it with it at all. Yeah, I'm completely with you on that. Um, but I, well, I mean, you will say Husky Stadium is one of the top top atmospheres out there in the Pac-12. When it's rocking, it can really rock, uh, and literally almost like feels like the cameras shaking and rattling because of the way that place is built. Um, Want to mention it, CJ, because they're a dog and they are the road team, yet they're two and three, and the other team's five and one. So maybe an opportunity to get a home dog, you know, a team getting points at night, like Britt Musburger always says. Uh, UTEP, the Miners, five and one. They're a six and a half point road, excuse me, Miners are a six and a half point home dog uh, versus the Fighting Austin Kennels. Very interesting. Yeah, it is. It is a little interesting because um, it's. And I mean, Louisiana Tech's lost by seven to NC State on the road. They lost by one to Mississippi State. They lost by two to SMU. I mean, yeah, they've barely beat North Texas and East Louisiana, but now they're in conference play, and UTEP's kind of been beating some teams that aren't necessarily great at this point in time. New Mexico, ODU, Southern Miss. I think they might be right for the picking. Yeah, I, yeah, because I think their five and one is kind of fraudulent. I mean, Bethman Cook, uh, New Mexico, ABU, yeah. it's just um, Southern Miss. I mean, yes. the, the the one real quality opponent they played was Boise State, and they got absolutely boat raced. 
Um, yeah, and, you know, Austin Kendall um, has been playing very well. Um, you know, he's two-to-one touchdown interception ratio. They've been able to run the ball. To me, this just feels like – I understand people want to take home dogs, but this is not one I take. Yeah, definitely not. I think the boys from Ruston go out there and absolutely put it on the Miners on the road. Um, CJ, another 9 o'clocker. We got three games left on the card here. Uh, Air Force and Boise. Boise at home, a three-and-a-half-point favorite versus the Falcons there. I find that to be very intriguing. Um, I like an under in that game, I believe. And I like the Broncos, I think, to cover. I think Boise's about to kind of turn it on and do what they always do. Although, Air Force, a very, very tough football team and has been a team this year that's kind of done it their way. Um, would never count Air Force out, though. But I do like Bachmeyer, I think, just a little bit more, um, especially because I think Air Force, if you can get them susceptibly, is kind of maybe a team you can get back there in that secondary. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like the under um, in this one. It's going to be a limited possession um, ball game. I mean, it's wild to look at Air Force's defensive totals uh, per game. I mean, it's it's absurd. But they run the ball for 341.3 a game. I mean, they just keep it and they grind on it. That is one thing, though, that does kind of make me nervous for Boise in this game because they give up 180 yards a game on the ground right now. Now, granted, there's some outliers in there. And they did a pretty good job uh, on the ground stopping that 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 rushing game of BYU last week. You know, an admirable job, I would say, um, allowing them to only run for 111 on 27 carries. So they're improving in that area. But man, you got to be a whole different level against the Air Force. Yeah, you absolutely do. So I, I yeah, I can see. Like I said, limited possessions. Um, Air Force is, is, is very, very good, um, but I'm kind of with you. Like, Boise State kind of has that feel like they're they're about to turn the corner, um, and I could see them getting this win. I, I feel like three and a half is a little much. I'd buy that down to like two and a half and take it because uh, I feel like three is going to be the number. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point there, CJ, talking about three being the number um, in that game. Out West. Pac-12 after dark, Utah trying to kind of kind of come back from the ashes after the Charlie Brewer transfer, hosting number 18, Arizona State. Herm Edwards' boys, they play to win the games. Jane Daniels, the quarterback, has been phenomenal. And, you know, it's kind of funny that we talk about uh, Utah, you know, trying to rise up because their quarterback is Cameron Rising, who has actually done pretty well since taking back over the, the job there and kind of um, in the couple games he's gotten opportunities to play uh, after Charlie Brewer transferred. So, you know what? Is Utah maybe a team there, a live money? And it's, I mean, at the spread, we've got that thing at even, which I find to be kind of interesting. Are people sleeping on Utah a little bit here? Uh, is this a spot that Herman and them kind of fall asleep? Totals 51, CJ. What do you think? Yeah, it, it's this is an interesting one. Um, 
FanDuel right now, because I was looking at theirs, because ESPN has it even. FanDuel has Utah at one at, at minus one and a half, so they've got Utah favored by a point and a half. Um, essentially, a money line play as well. Yeah, essentially. Um, actually, and as crazy as it is, I, I'm a huge Herm Edwards fan. Huge Herm fan. They play to win the game, CJ. You know, even though he coached the Jets, and I hate the Jets. I, and I like what he's building out there. But this Utah team at home, trying to get everything put behind them, this just feels like a, a spot where Kyle Winningham gets his boys fired up and they find a way to get to four and two. I hear you, CJ. I think I'll give the opposite of you, though, to be honest, um, because I'm still just not entirely sold on what Utah is, and I think I'm kind of buying what what Arizona State is. Um, they're not looking forward or ahead on this game. This is a big game on their schedule. I think they've got some big goals this year, and I don't think Utah is the team to trip that up um, quite yet for Herm there in his in, in, in what is kind of becoming a, a, a Pac-12 powerhouse there, and people laugh when he took that job. Final game on the slate, CJ, Hawaii-Nevada. Actually, in Reno, not on the island. Uh, the Wolfpack of the blue variety there is a 14 point favorite. Carson Strong, phenomenal quarterback. I haven't liked what I've seen out of Hawaii all year. I'm probably playing that, although things get real interesting in Reno. So that's a bad beat waiting to happen. Uh, and Hawaii gets a backdoor, but give me Carson Strong and his ability to throw the football against that Hawaii defense because it's uh. Definitely not one that's very strong in that secondary. Uh, CJ, you agreeing on that with me, buddy? 14 touchdowns with three interceptions for Carson Strong. He is the real deal, I believe. He is. um, I I do. I like Nevada to win. The number is – the only reason I'm really pausing on it is is Hawaii can throw the ball around in Utah, and Nevada has been a little susceptible in that regard. Um, They've let some teams throw it on them. Uh, I don't know. It just it, that feels like a little big of a number. That um, is a big number, and you know what, though, CJ, kind of think about it again a little bit. Yeah, Hawaii was bad early, but they lost to UCLA. Pretty good team, right? I mean, Oregon State's been pretty good this year. Dog fight for San Jose State, um, and then they've come back with back-to-back wins now. Twenty, you know, a twenty-point win versus New Mexico State on the road, gritty. Well done. And then they beat Hawaii. Excuse me. And then they beat Fresno, who was ranked 18th. Obviously, we think a little overrated. But they talk, They knocked off the number 18 team you know, in the country, 27-24. So maybe we're kind of sleeping on them a little bit. Granted, they had a bye, maybe come back down to earth. Um, and, and Nevada doesn't get that benefit of the hangover uh, effect there after the upset. But. I don't know, man. Maybe you're right about Hawaii there being a little too big a number. Yeah, that that's my one thing. It's just that that number kind of gives me a little bit of little bit of pause there. Pause for cause, man. I, I agree. You know, I was kind of big on it in in Reno, you know, and but man, Hawaii might just be sneaky enough, CJ. Um, so my friend, this comes to the final portion here. Uh, we will have all the picks on online. Um, 
Do you have any that you kind of want to give now that you might also have on the Twitter account there, which is where the official record is kept? Yeah, the, the Twitter account um, at Porch Sports Pod. Um, little shameless plug there. It's not shameless, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> a little self-promotion, but I'm all about it. Um, yeah, you know, uh, we, we've talked about some, um, you know, I, I, I'll give you one. Um, yeah, what is your lock, your steadfast lock? Because me and you will keep this as well, because to give him a little bit of, of a, uh, I don't know, we're going we're gonna to start this from the stop, start after you gave the Twitter account. Okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely give us a follow there on at Porch Sports Pod. Um, trying to get the Facebook set up, having a little issue, CJ, with it. Um, but we're we're working on that. Um, but man, also something we got to think about real quickly here uh, for these games, kind of tomorrow that we didn't really talk about, but I think is it's worth mentioning. Weather's going to be a factor in some of them, so be on the lookout for that as well. Um, but CJ, here's something we want to give people an idea on real quick. Each week, going to have kind of Levertard style celebrity picker that's been on the pods or someone we just kind of want to reach out to. We might have, you know, something going on there. Eventually, we're going to get him audioed. Zach uh, thinks he's too good for us with that seven and one record there. Um, <laughs> maybe doing a lot of research uh, before Saturday. So he'll be back seven and one last week. Me and CJ both went four and four. But also, I think me and you. I want to give a lock each week. You know, what's your big play of the weekend? Um, CJ, what's yours? And we're going to keep these on a record as well, me and you. Um, I'm going to give you a lock, and I think people are probably going to think I'm a little crazy, and that's perfectly okay. Mississippi State plus 17 against Alabama. CJ, we didn't even talk about that, and I cannot believe we didn't talk about that because you talked about Leach so much. Tell me why, and then I'll also just hit that real quick. Okay. Here's cannot believe re- it. Cannot believe we missed Stark Vegas. I'm, yeah. I'm here, here, here's the, the, the big reason for me, and this has been kind of something that we've – traditionally we haven't seen out of a Nick Saban defense, and that's kind of struggling against the pass. Now, granted, you look at it and go, we're going to give it up 195 yards. That's true. But they, you know, Ole Miss had some opportunities, just missed him. Florida yep. got him in the past game a little bit. You know, AM got him there. Like they're, yep. they're, they're not quite as good on the back end as they've been. You know, and we know Mississippi State's going to throw the football. Yeah, I saw a stat today. They're throwing the ball on 79% of their plays. So you know Leach is going to put it in the air. You know, he's got a quarterback down there. Rodgers has been slinging it all around the place. Yep. They've got, you know, a bunch of different wideouts led by um, Malik Polk. I but just, here's the question, though, I, CJ. I think Alabama wins, but I don't see him covering it. Okay. I mean, and, and, so that's your lock. That is your lock pick, Mississippi State, plus 17 this week. Yeah. Okay. We'll keep you on it, and I think I'm going to be grinning like a Chester cat uh, on those Bednardi sweet putter head covers there, buddy, because I think you are absolutely going to lose that one. I think Bama will absolutely go into Stark Vegas and be ready to rock because here's my one thing in that game, CJ, and why I kind of disagree with you. I think the 
Well, you know what though, and and, and maybe maybe not though. I mean, um, I actually kind of like where your head's at. The more and more I look at it, shit, man, because I was the rush defense. I think that's the key, right? I think Bama can they run the football um, with success against Mississippi State's defense? I think those the two matchups of the game might both kind of go the way of Mississippi State or at least be competitive enough to where they cover 17. Good call, my friend. Yep, that's my luck. And I know that I kind of hit you on it initially. Um, granted, we talked about it. I like your lock. Uh, kind of shocked by it, but like you said, a <laughs> little shock value in that. Um, CJ, man – Mine, I think, has to go to CJ. I think I got to go with the tried and true tradition that if you have a unranked team spotting a ranked team at home, you better lay them with that squad. I'll lay the five with Baylor. That's my lock of the week. They're going to beat BYU. And like I said, lock of the week. I think they beat them by a touchdown at least. Uh, Take the Bears, sick them. And, uh, man, going to be a fun weekend of college football. Um, does it feel like this is an upset weekend, or is this kind of the weekend where maybe, you know, some things start settling down a little bit? Um, I think some things start settling down. Um, for, oh, really? Okay. For, yeah, for right now, I think so. Um, you know, I, just, hey, we're not I that mean, far from the rankings, man. I mean, we're getting we're getting close. Yeah, I mean, um, we're getting close. the The only one real because uh, I mean, we have the one. I think it's just one rank on no two ranked on rank this week. Um, you know, and, and, I mean, and hell, one of those is the twenty one and a half point favorite. So, I mean, yeah. they don't expect it to go the way of the the underdog. In yeah, that game, I, even if they're eleventh in the country. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm not so sure this is the week you really see anything. Now there is potential um, for your your boys out there in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, um, against Sparty. Um, yeah, I like that. You know, so but no, I, I think this is going to be kind of a pretty calm, settled week. Um, you know, things really don't start to kind of get really kind of funky until we end up into that. Uh, late October, those Halloween oh, weekends. It's Halloween weekend, man. Halloween weekend with the World Series. Some of these games that we're going to see, like Georgia, Florida, uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan, State, Michigan Ohio, State. State. Yes, I mean that's Old Miss, that's Auburn. When, yeah, yeah. I think that's when you're going to start to see some of the real craziness ensue. I, but I don't suspect this weekend to be that way. Even another one there, it's interesting. SMU Houston, we could have a bunch of people going and dressed up as Dana Holgers for Halloween, like I did once, especially now that he has a shocker visor. That's <laughs> that is that is enough of us. Um, man, thanks for listening, guys. Like CJ said, go to at Porch Sports Pod, uh, give us a follow, and uh, man, enjoy your Saturday watching college football, buddy. And let's let Shane and Mac take us out. Till next time, y'all take it easy. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money.